world's on fire, our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. <laughs> pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. Mm. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Hey, good morning there. Man, oh man, oh man, oh man. God. <laughs> Got a lot of balls in the air, juggling a lot of things here. Uh, own life, passes off ministries, all the great stuff that's going on. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'll tell you the truth. I ask my wife every day, "What day is this? Is this Wednesday? What day? What day is this?" And I, I don't say that for sympathy. I just say it as a little bit of an excuse. If you guys uh, text me or email me, and I don't get back to you right away, I'm going to just tell you. I got, there's a lot going on. It's, and it's not all good. But it's all works together for good. So, uh, just uh, just thank you for for being out there today. I got I got something really on my heart. Really want to share with you today, and I think it's I think it's going to be a, a blessing to all of you. Let me <clears throat> let me make a couple little uh, announcements here. Julie uh, Julie, text me. I'm speaking to a Republican group tonight. Julie, uh, just get a hold of my wife. Let me know the details when I'm supposed to be there tonight. Uh, this weekend, I, I, God, I forgot all about this, Harvest Revival Center, Pastor Neil, uh, Neil's church, Neil Peterson's church, having a men's retreat, and I'm speaking there Friday night. I, I didn't forget it. I had it on my calendar, but I forgot to tell all of you. So anybody out in that, in that Dayton area, there's a men's retreat. Uh, six, nine, six, I'm, I'm going to be speaking Saturday, uh, Friday night, seven, about 7 o'clock, I think I'm going to speak. There's a meal and everything. I just need to know if... Uh, if you want to come, just call them, let them know it's free. There's food, all that kind of stuff. And I'm going to be speaking there on, on Friday night. We got the, we, I just got a lot going on. Okay. So just uh, bear with me if you seem like I'm not organized because I sort of am. I got, I got, I juggled two calendars. I got my, uh, our, our ministry calendar and then I have a family calendar. And sometimes they, they, uh, sometimes they come in conflict. So love to see some of you there. If you want to go to, uh, Neil's church on Friday or Saturday. They're having that, that men's retreat. And uh, Julie the Nine, uh, prepare to stand, pull that up there, Spence. I wrote about this today, although I'm probably not going to get into it and talk to you about it. The uh, the uh, event we're having this weekend, friends. I would I would ask I would ask all of you, this thing, this event. It's a it's a uh, Zoom event. It's like this. It's going to be like this. And Pardon me. It's in. What does that mean, bud? Spencer's talking to me. Okay. Oh, we're using Google Meet. It'll be the same thing. I get you. Okay, I get you. Boy, I didn't know that because I got now. I got to tell people. Yada 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 yada. Not everybody has Google Meet. So anyway, anyway, uh, folks, look. I would ask you. This would this would help. This would really support our ministry. If you just buy buy a ticket, this thing's thirty bucks. Buy a ticket, and then you own it. You can watch it live if you want to, but you don't have to watch it live. You can segment it. You can watch it. You can share it with people. You can have people over to your house and show it afterwards. We're going to talk about precious metals. We're going to talk about 
401k, in other words, taking ownership of your retirement yourself, instead of giving it to Charles Schwab to invest it for you, you take ownership of that yourself. You can buy precious metals, you can buy land, you can buy property, you can buy all kinds of stuff that you can do with it. And uh, then then Roger Weaver is going to take us through the uh, whole idea with having, uh, make sure our, our probate's all in order so we don't, and I think it's going to be, I think it's really, really good. And I would just encourage all of you, uh, this will help help support what we do and you'll get something out of it. Not only will you get something out of it, you'll be able to share it with other people. You can invite them over to your house, you'll have access to it for for however long and sit around and show people what how they see we pass the salt here see it's not just for my own consumption do you have any people you play cards with do you have any other people who are getting to be your age and they're not prepared for what's coming anybody else you want to share it with them you want to want to invite them over say hey, look we got to got to do this have you prepared uh, if you died today is your are your stuff in order or are you going to have to pay some lawyer $50,000 to uh, because you're dead, $50,000 to get your, your estate to your children. This is, folks, this is, this is all, this is all important. It's all important. And so you can just go to prepare to stand. You do not have to watch it live. You can watch it whenever. So uh, you guys know I don't bang you too much about that, but you would help if you would buy a ticket to this and then you would have have something with it. Uh, I'm looking here. Uh, I got something really burning on me. Jeff's got his hand up, so it must be important. Go ahead, Jeff. They're not real important. Just we'll be on the public square at one one to three Saturday in Mount Vernon. So, so I'm I'm doing my best going to be there too, Jeff. We'll talk about that. I just got it's a busy weekend for me, yep. really busy busy weekend for me, and juggling it, uh, the best that I can. All right, cool. I, uh, anybody else for the good of the group? Any announcement? I don't try to cut anybody out. Uh, you know, we're trying to update our schedule all the time, and thank God for Gary and for Chad and those guys who keep keep me in. I just <laughs> Maybe I'll hire a secretary. No, don't don't say it. I don't do that. Uh, so just just about the Kentucky me. event, coach. Pardon me. You want to say something about the Kentucky event? I I sure do. Say it. Yeah, yeah. The Kentucky event, October fourteenth, uh, from eleven to uh, five. We got a restaurant in Richmond that we're just going to gather. Obviously, coach is going to speak a little bit, but I'm trying to connect with another Kentucky group. Uh, we're going to work together. So some should be some different faces there and somebody else coming for uh, to speak for a short period of time. So put that on your calendar, October 14th. Amen. Amen. Thanks, thanks, Bobby. And this, just a, this is just a get-together. It's just an afternoon get-together down in Richmond. We'll sing a song down there. That's a different Richmond, I know, Bobby. But uh, <clears throat> a lot a lot going on. And I'm sorry if I don't have some of the stuff up on our calendar yet. It's just, I'm just I'm, things have been kind of crazy. Here's where I want to go this morning. I don't know if you guys saw. The, I'm gonna thank you, Lord. Excuse me. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, go down to number. <laughs> yeah, there's another one. Bards Fest. Boy, that. Oh my goodness. This this is uh, September 21 through 23 in Flemingsburg, Kentucky. What a what a. They invited me to come. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can work it in. I'm going to try to get down there at some point. This is a great event going on. With uh, Scott uh, Kesterson, Resistance Chicks, Tom Renz is going to be there. Uh, put this in the chat. I don't know how we do that, Johnny. Put that or Spencer. Put that in the chat so people, if you're interested in going to Bard's Bard's Fest in Flemingsburg, Kentucky, which is just across the uh, the Ohio River there from uh, Portsmouth, I think. Not that not that far away. Cool. Um, 
Is that what I said to pull up? Because if that's what I told you to pull up, I, that's the wrong thing. Pull up number five, Jamie Walton. <clears throat> tell me, tell me, I sent that to you. Um, here's a scoop. If not, if not, uh, Jamie Walden, you know what happened with his son? Look, I'm, I'm taking you somewhere today, okay? I'm taking you somewhere today. We're going somewhere today. I, I really believe that uh, we really don't believe in the supernatural. I'm talking about me now. Really don't believe in the supernatural. And the supernatural is more real than we even under. The supernatural is more real than the natural world. We don't get it. We don't get it because, uh, uh, because of we we uh, we make everything about flesh and blood. You go to your church; it's always about you and how you can be richer and how you can be healthy and how you can be happy and how Jesus is going to walk you through all all that kind of stuff. When in fact, that's not the message of the gospel. I'm getting I'm getting centered now. Stay with me a second. See the the message of the gospel, friends. Why 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 did why did Jesus die on that cross? You don't have to answer yet. I'm, I'm going to try to walk us somewhere today. Why did Jesus die on that cross? Well, we know the Bible says that for this purpose was the Son of God manifest that he would destroy the works of the devil. So Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And uh, can somebody explain to me, again, rhetorical question, what that means? destroy the works of the devil. What are the works of the devil? Well, we know that from Genesis that the seed of the serpent and the seed of the woman are in conflict, that this is a spiritual cosmic war that's going on around us. And we just happen to be human beings that are existing on a planet called Earth. We don't really, none of us really, really know beyond Earth what's out there. We really don't know. We're looking all the time for life on Mars and life on the moon and all that, all that kind of stuff. And, and really, Mars and the moon and the stars, those are all part of the natural world, even though we can't access it, even though we can't get on our car and drive it to the moon. The moon is still part of a, of a natural world in which we live. You guys understand that, don't you? But we also understand that there's an invisible world. There's an invisible world around us that we, we don't see. And it's hard for us to conceive in our, in our little minds because we only think in natural terms. But Christ is a spirit. God is a spirit. He's a Holy Spirit. And a Holy Spirit that somehow is able to come in and invade and take over a person and live inside a person. But the purpose of the Holy Spirit is what? It's kingdom focused. Kingdom focused. Look, I'm not trying to not trying to step on anybody's toes. We have the wrong message, friends. We've been sharing the wrong message of the gospel. Jesus saves. And he does. He does. But friends, Jesus saves because he's king. Amen. Jesus is king. Jesus is king. He has a kingdom thy kingdom come is it an invisible kingdom perhaps it's an invisible kingdom but we see we are bringing christ into a 
natural world and limiting his ability because we don't understand it's a kingdom. And in this kingdom, he is ruler and reigns. He sets the rules. He advances every, he is in total and complete control. And the problem that we have in this world isn't him, it's us. All right, amen. Because we teach only that Jesus saves. Saves from what? Saves from what? And we're, we're trying to get the message to people that Jesus saves us from what? What's he save us from? Why does he save us? He said, well, he saves us from hell. No, no. He saves you from being under the control of a dark kingdom. He pulls you out of that kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. Jesus saves us from the dark side. Amen. Salvation, Salvation is nothing more than being rescued from the kingdom of darkness. You're saved. And I was, I was struck this morning as that boy slept like a rock last night. Thank you, Lord. I was struck this morning as I'm sitting around saying, Lord, where do, you, where do I go? Where do I go, Lord? And he said, how about going to, let me find it, hope. How about hope? I got that up there. Hope. I'm going to play Jamie Alt Walden here in a second. But I want you to understand this, folks, that if we limit our Christian walk to this world only, You missed the whole thing. Because Paul told us in 1 Corinthians 15, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. What? Yeah. Yeah, if my hope in Christ is only in this world, then I might get more stuff and be protected and be happy and healthy and wealthy and what if that if that if that's it, you mean I'm spending this existence for me just trying to be comfortable? Really, really? Paul said, "If that's you, you're the you're just a miserable thing, man. You're so miserable. If you think." That being rescued from the kingdom, saved from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son is simply about having a happy, slappy life. Your best life now, by the way, one of the most popular Christian books out there, Your Best Life Now. Paul says, if that's what you got, you're of all men most miserable. Anybody picking this up? Anybody sliding along with me? But now, is Christ risen from the dead? And he has become the first fruits of them that slept. Oh, let me, don't get me into that one. <laughs> don't give me that one. What did he say about Lazarus? Lazarus is dead. He said, oh, no, he's not even asleep. Because time only, there's only time in this realm, folks. There, this, we can't conceive this. There is no time outside of this natural earthly realm. There's no time. That's why God is eternal. Why is he eternal? Because there is no time except here. Amen. Going up to the sun, going down to the sun, spinning in there, whatever, whatever. 
that's it. And Paul says, if you don't get it, that this thing is about kingdom and kingdom principles and about this whole thing. For since by man death came, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam, all die. Even so, in Christ, all shall be made alive. Do you understand this? Do you understand this? Do you understand salvation? You have, you have passed forever from a death unto life. Forever, for all eternity, you will never die. Why? Because Christ made you alive. But every man in his own order, Christ, the first fruits, afterward, afterward, Christ first, and then they that are Christ's. Hey, dudes, where he's going, I'm going. Where he is, I am. Why? Because the same spirit that raised him from the dead now dwells inside me. Now, I'm trapped in this natural world and the problems associated with it. And like most of you, I pray for to be healthy, wealthy, and wise, and happy here and now. And Paul said, if that's all you got going on, dude, you are so missing the boat. Then, but every man in his own order, Christ first fruits afterward, they that are Christ's. I'm Christ's. My life's no longer my own. You get, you get that? I don't have my best life now. What the hell does that even mean? Your best life now. My best life, oh my goodness. Paul said, if this is your best life, dude, you are in some serious trouble. Then cometh the end. When he shall have delivered up, what? What's he going to deliver up? Somebody help me out here. Hey, Michelle, what's he going to deliver up to his father? What's he delivering up? Why? The kingdom. kingdom. He's delivering up a kingdom. Even the father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and all power, you better hear me. God's in control and he's about to bring the hammer down. Well, it says right there, then cometh the end when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to his daddy. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? For he must reign, wow, till he hath put all, all enemies under his feet. Hey, I don't want to hurt your feelings. There may be a rapture, but not until he's put all enemies under his feet there. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. Death is the last enemy to be destroyed. Why do we fear death? Why do we fear death? Ecclesiastes 7, real quick. Huh? If you have hope in this world only, you are of all, all men most miserable. And a good name is better than precious ointment. And the day of your death, better than the day of your birth. Why? Because at the day of your death, if you are connected to Christ, if Christ is in you, the hope of glory, at the day of your death, dudes, 
You leave this this mess, this dark world, you leave it. And you are ushered into the glorious kingdom of God, which we are fighting here and now to try to advance. Amen. Oh, God, if we could get this. And you ask the average Christian, or you have to say, Jesus saves from what? What? What does that even mean? Jesus saves. What? Saves what? Jesus saves. Well, he saves you. Okay. He saves me. Now what? Now what? I'm saved. Now what? Go to church, pay my tithes, raise my family, die. Is that, is that it? No. No. Somewhere in there, I'm not sure exactly where it was, it talks about us being a, uh, an ambassador. We're to advance the kingdom. We're to go into all the world and teach them to observe all he's commanded us. Why? Because he's rescued us from a dark kingdom into a light kingdom. He says, God, this light kingdom, this kingdom of light's coming. Get as many people in this thing as you can. Get as many people in this thing as you can. Because why? We're going to crush the enemy under our... This is so clear. You ever hear any of this? You may ever talk about any of this? How about that? Good name is better than precious ointment. And the day of your death is better than the day of your birth. What? Well, see, as my friend said, heard my friend say, we're so heavenly conscious we're no earthly good. We're no earthly good. We're put here, sorry, to do good works. We're soldiers of the cross. We're the salt of the earth. We're the light of the world. Why? Because God is crushing a kingdom. He's crushing a kingdom and he's ushering in a new one. And that new kingdom that he's ushering in is inside of you and inside of me. And yet we have all this power and we cower at the forces of darkness when we're supposed to be overcoming them. Go to Jamie Walden. His son, Finn, we know the story, right? He fell, fell of a tree, laying on his head. Doctor said he had... Uh, Cracked skull, two broken vertebrae. And I want you to listen. I want put it at 1.5 speed. Uh, this Jamie made this, but this starts at the six-minute mark. And I want you to listen to this. Folks, all power has been given unto me, both in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore. It's very, very clear. All power both in heaven and earth, has been given unto me. Jesus said, I'm giving it to you. Go. Listen to this. Go ahead. And, and I was like, I just basically didn't even know what to pray. And obviously I had been praying for the Lord to heal him before that. And as I'm laying over, I'm sobbing. The, the Holy Spirit actually rebuked me, which is just crazy how the Lord works. As I'm laying over, I mean, he rebuked me very firmly and definitively. And I heard it as clear as day in my spirit. And he said, stop praying for me to heal your son. You heal him. I've given you all that you need to do it. And I was, I was shocked. I was actually shocked by that. And didn't really know what, how to even interact with the Lord in that way after hearing that. I'm like, what? Stop praying to heal your son. He's already given you the power to do it. All power has been given unto me, both in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore. The Bible says healing is the children's bread. 
Do you make your children beg to be healed? Oh, please, daddy. Please, daddy, feed me. Please, daddy, can I ask my prayer? No, you don't have to do that. No, your dad feeds you. You feed your children. And the Bible says healing is the bread. You don't have to beg for it. And so Jamie's doing what we all do, wallow and cry. Oh, Lord, please. He says, dude, stop bothering me. You have the power to do it. Why? Because I sent you. All power is given unto me. I'm giving it to you. Go do it, dude. Keep going. Slow it down. Take it. Put it at one. Just put it at regular speed. This is an eye opener for me. Quit begging the Lord. Quit begging the Lord to do his will. Stop it. What does that mean? And and to be honest with you, I I, I still didn't open my mouth. I, I was like, what in the world? And and then I heard the spirit say, go get a piece of paper. And I told Noelle, I mean, Virginia remembers, I said, Noelle, go get me a piece of paper and a pen. And she's sobbing uncontrollably. I'm sobbing in and out uncontrollably. And all comes back with a piece of paper and hands it to me and I set it there. And so for about the next five minutes, 10 minutes, I laid on my son feeling awkward and insecure because in my pride, I didn't want to pray that because I didn't want to look foolish. Because there's there's too many people out there that try to manipulate the spirit of God and to bend them to their will. All this name it, claim it, word of faith, crazy stuff. I don't have a charismatic background. I know the Lord. I know the power of his spirit. I know the sufficiency of his spirit. But I just, I didn't want to test the Lord and and just be devastated that much more by speaking something without knowing that the Lord told me to do it. And so I laid on Finley weeping for about another 10 minutes without saying a word. And finally, as I'm even wrestling through my flesh with the Lord, like, I don't want to speak that, Lord. I don't want to speak that. I don't want to speak that. Finally, I just was like, God, just have your way in me too. And I just put my hands on Finley and I said, uh, Finley, you are healed in the name of Jesus Christ. And I just laid my head back on him sobbing. And even after saying it, I felt awkward. It was, I mean, I know it's strange emotion, but I felt awkward for saying, Finley, you're healed in the name of Jesus Christ. And, uh, and, and then all of a sudden, as I'm laying on him, sobbing, feeling awkward, the Holy Spirit said, now write this down. And all he said was two sentences. Your son is healed. You will know when he sits up and he smiles. And I just wrote it. And sobbing, and I have a piece of paper, it's all jumbled letters, and I wadded it up and stuck it in my pocket and didn't say anything. So, um, as I'm praying over Finley, or I'm laying over Finley and feeling all awkward after having just said, you're healed in the name of Jesus Christ, um, the truck's still running outside the front door, that's all you can hear is the truck running and a little bit of worship music at a very low volume. Put in the chat, Spencer, you guys can all look at this. But, uh, folks, do you have to beg for power when you plug in the light cord? Light cord, please give me electricity. Please give, please give me electricity. I'm looking back here because there's a plug back here. Not to do that, do you? No. Oh, please, like, please light up. Oh, please give me some power. No, no. And Jesus Christ said, all power has been given unto me, and I'm giving it to you. 
And you have to ask yourself, we all have to ask ourselves, does the Lord, does the Holy Spirit sometimes look down at us and say, dude, what do you want me to do what you can do? Why do you want me to do it for you? See, we don't believe in the supernatural, do we? We don't, we don't believe in it. Oh, we believe in demons and the devil. And the devil's out to get you. We, we believe in all that stuff. But the church no longer believes in the supernatural power of God. I'm convinced of it. We don't, we don't believe in it. Uh, by the way, the Lord's already done everything he can do. He went to the cross. He uh, got, got victory over death, hell, and the grave. Death is an advancement. It's no longer a curse. Death is now an advancement into a kingdom. Stay with me. I got something else. I got to, show, I got to get it off my chest. I have to have warned you, okay? <clears throat> Bring up violence. It says violence. Now, look, I don't agree with everything. A lot of times I come across websites, and I sort of half agree, half agree, and half agree. Because see, they all every website you go to, they want to mix their theology into it. Their theology. I think this place is well. It doesn't matter. So what does it mean that the kingdom of God suffers violence? Because Jesus Himself said that the kingdom of God suffers violence. It's found in his condemnation, John the Baptist. From the days of the Baptist till now, the king God suffered violence, and violent take it by force. Scroll down, Spence. I want to I want to read this to you. Well, other translations put it this way: the kingdom of heaven has been subjected to violence. And violent people have been raiding it. That's the NIV. Violent people have been trying to take over the kingdom of heaven by force. The kingdom is of the heavens is taken by violence, and the violence seizes on it. This is indeed a puzzling verse at first. How can God's kingdom suffer, and what do violent people have to do with it? Well, basic rule of hermeneutics is that the context is king. As already mentioned, Jesus is speaking to the crowds about John the Baptist's ministry. Immediately before a statement, the kingdom of God suffers violence, Jesus honors John as the greatest prophet ever. Do you remember I said that? Of all those ever born to a woman, nobody was greater than John the Baptist. Jesus said, there's your man. There's your man. And immediately following his statement, verses 13 and 14, Jesus signifies that John was the capstone of the Old Testament revelation and the one who fulfilled the prophecy of Malachi 4 verse 5. Jesus then speaks familiar words, whoever has ears, let him hear, which means not everybody's going to hear it. Only those who have ears. Amen. Another rule of hermeneutics is to compare scripture with scripture. One thing that had characterized John the Baptist's ministry was the large number of people who came to hear him. So John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness preaching a baptism of repentance for forgiveness of sins and the whole Judean countryside, the people all over Jerusalem went out to him confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the River Jordan. The crowd was as loyal as it was diverse. And the people who responded to John's message of the coming Messiah, including people who some thought would never repent, between tax collectors, prostitutes, Roman soldiers, this crowd believed John to be a true prophet of God, and they were adamant about it. The pressing multitudes that had followed John continually to John to follow Jesus' ministry. John called people to Jesus. John led people to Jesus. This is the key to understanding Jesus' statement that the kingdom of God suffers violence, pointing to the huge crowd that followed John and that were not following him. 
Jesus likens them to an invading army surrounded by a city to capture. You understand? They were following John. They weren't following Jesus. How many of you out there are following this pastor and following this pastor and following this doctor and following this? You're not following Jesus. From the days of John the Baptist, well, Coach Dave, we just don't know if, if God works like that anymore. You know, Coach Dave, that was just for uh, that was just for a dispensation of time. And he was just kind of, uh, we just don't know if he, well, we just don't know. Tongue shall cease, but knowledge shall vanish away. Right? Right? Uh, the pressing multitudes that followed John continue to follow Jesus' ministry. This is key to understanding Jesus' statement that the kingdom of God suffers violence. Pointing to the huge crowds that followed John and that were not following him, Jesus liked them to invade him. I'm sorry, I read that. So from the days of John the Baptist, there's been an extraordinary rush of people pressing from all sides, eager for a blessing of the kingdom of heaven. Figurative speaking is that the people were so thronging to the gospel that they resembled an army to besiege a city. Jesus' statement that the kingdom of God suffers violence is a graphic picture of the enthusiasm and excitement generated by John the Baptist and Jesus' teaching. People were hungry for truth, would not be kept away. For centuries, God's prophets have predicted the Messiah's coming, and now the Messiah was here. Nothing could hold him back, and the flood of people were pressing into the kingdom. We see some of his fervor, and some men literally tore through a grass, glass <laughs> roof to get to Jesus when a crowd intended to come and make him king by force. We should take note of the response of the believing people in Jesus' day and share that passion. The gift of eternal life is beyond compare. Knowing Christ has come, has come should create earnestness enough in striving to be closer to them. There should be no place for apathy or ambivalence in the follower of Jesus Christ. Boom. Boom. And it's time we admit to it, we are so freaking lukewarm. We are so lukewarm. Um. And Jamie Walden had hit the place where his only hope was Christ. I was there with Declan. I've been there. His only hope. Most of us aren't there yet. Now, most of us, we have hope in some theology. We have some some theory. We have some hope and we have a hope in all kinds of stuff, but we ain't got much hope in Christ. I'm talking to me. I'm not talking to you. So the kingdom of God has suffered violence. That's right. Upheaval, man. There's upheaval. There ought to be upheaval in the world because of violent men like us, those of us who are violating the kingdom of darkness, there ought to be ah, there ought to be an upheaval like we haven't even seen. How dare they cut off the dingles of little boys? How dare they do that? How dare they teach homosexuality to our children? How dare our government lie to us? How dare they do that in God's kingdom? They all say, "Well, coach, it's not God's kingdom; it's the government." Hey, dudes. All power on heaven and earth given unto me. Go. And if I say go, they say, oh, Coach Dave, you're trying to force the kingdom of God. No, I'm not. I'm just obeying what the Lord said. 
He's the one who told me to go, teach him to observe. He never told me ever one time to bow my knee to Caesar, not one time. They said, oh, yes, he did, coach. Oh, yes, he did. When, when they were dealing with the money, he said, whose picture's on it? And Jesus, they, Jesus asked him, well, whose picture's on that thing? And they said, well, uh, uh, Caesar's. He said, okay, well, then give to Caesar what's Caesar's. In other words, if you think the money and the wealth belongs to Caesar, then go ahead and give it to him. But I own it all, he said. Gold's mine, silver's mine. It's all mine. Everything's mine. Because you got this freaking mindset that you think the government is more has more authority than me. So you give all your stuff to the damn government. And you listen to the IRS, you listen to the Supreme Court, you listen to you listen to the corrupt judges. The problem isn't the Lord, the problem's us. We're not willing to lay down our lives, knowing that the laying down of our lives advances the kingdom, and when we die, we're in it. Boom. I got, I got so much more I want to show you here. Amen. Poem number four. I'm sorry this has become a monologue. It's all right. It'll be okay. Poem number four. Go on. Play this at 1.5 speed. Psalm 91. I don't know who sent this to me. Thank you. Trust. 
Save for what? Save for what? You're hiding under the shadow? I'm not hiding under the shadow. Carrying a shield of faith. Protects me from the fiery darts of the wicked one. I'm not hiding. Excuse me. Are you hiding? Look at what's going on around us. Devil doing everything he can to make sure that kingdom that's within you doesn't get exposed. Whining and groaning and about what the devil's doing. We're more concerned about what the devil does to us than the power that God's given to us. Because why? Because your church wants to make you dependent on them. Somebody can say amen. You don't have to. Amen. 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 All right. I got a lot more. Got a lot more. Go ahead, Reggie. I just wanted to back up what uh, my blessed brother Jamie said. I, I've i had two incidences now where the Holy Spirit has told me to heal somebody. Um, on it, and it happened to Dennis, and his leg was healed. And just recently, my dog. I know people go, why would, you know, why? It, it, they're his creatures. Um, I accidentally, I didn't accidentally, I gave my dog some ivermectin. I did not know as a fluke that his special breed has um, an adverse reaction of that it's fatal. So I didn't know that. Anyhow, they brought the dog down. Dog was shaking like in com- like seizures, but he wasn't having a seizure. He was blind. He couldn't see. I, I was in tears. And I just put my hands over. I heard the Lord say, go get charcoal. So I got charcoal and shoved it down his throat. And I prayed, you will be healed in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know that dog? When I started reading what happens to these dogs, he should be dead. He should be permanently blind. That dog healed. Like it took a day and a half and that dog came back and we were thanking the Lord. And I had been teaching my children this, that we don't pray to God to heal us. We pray to heal in Jesus's holy and powerful name. Amen. All the power only thing I, given to yeah. us, right? You have to go to some faith healer. What? Yeah, what? Hey, come on. I, I hate, listen, I'm sorry. You've heard what the world says. If faith healing was true, then why doesn't many hand, why don't they go to the hospitals? If God really heals people, why don't they go? They don't understand the dynamics, right? But here we are, the children. The Bible says the healing is the children's bread. You mean he'll heal your dog? Why not? Full power has been given unto you. Betty. Uh, Yes, I've had a couple of incidents, too. One was my son. When I got pregnant, they told me I was four and a half months pregnant. They gave me Provir to start my monthly. I was on birth control because I did not know that was an abortion pill. I was taking all sorts of medicines. And when they finally told me I was pregnant at four and a half months, they wanted me to get an abortion. I don't haven't told many people. And I said, no, I wasn't. And my ex-husband would say, just leave the baby at the hospital. And I couldn't do that either. And I just prayed over it and said he was going to be healed. 
and whatever is going on, he, it, it, I would take him no matter what. Lord, whatever is your will is. Well, he turned out to be a bouncing baby boy, beautiful, healthy, everything. Praise God. And then the second one was with my aneurysm, and it was on the side of my head. And for two weeks, I cried and prayed and prayed. And I finally said, God, whatever your will is, if it's my time to go, fine. If it isn't, fine. Give me, give me my plans. So when I went into that doctor and he said, well, you do have an aneurysm, but it isn't where you're at. God moved it on those x-rays and CT scan because now it is located behind my left eye and it is not dangerous. So God has a plan. God does heal. You can even heal yourself. And, Jamie, uh, Walden, Jamie, Jamie Walden says that uh, in, the, in that testimony that when they took uh, his son back for the x-rays, the doctors were amazed that there were no breaks. They could not find any breaks. Couldn't find them. Couldn't find them. So Jamie's testimony brings tears to my eyes because I know exactly what he went through. And, you know, it's amazing. You can That's do him. it. Hey, Jonathan, or Spencer, I'm sorry. Bring up Matthew 28, 18. Because I think I found a lie in the Bible. Hang on, I'll get right with you, Julie. 28, 18. I think I found a lie in the Bible. Verse 18, and Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me. How much power? How much power does the devil have? None. For this purpose, when the Son of God manifests, he might destroy the works of the devil. Jesus said, All power is given unto me, heaven and earth. So go. You go. I'm, I'm the power source. On the lightning rod, on the generator, you go. I got all the power. You guys go and you teach them. You baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And then you do me a favor. You teach them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Is he lying? He must be lying. Caught him in a lie. We caught him in a lie. Because we're told that we're not to go. And we're supposed to sit around and wait for the rapture. That's what that's what they're telling us in church today. We're not supposed to go. Julie. Why aren't the pastors equipping the saints and telling them what we just heard about going in Jesus' name and, and seeing people healed? You have to or, ask them. I was had a um I don't know if it was a Bible study or what it was, but anyway. All these prayer requests of these sickness and illness, and I kept thinking, Lord, why are all these people sick? And you know, these are Christians. And then, like what you said, they're not going in the name of Jesus to see these people get healed. And they don't believe in it. We, the church doesn't believe in the supernatural, folks. We don't believe it. They call it charismania. Oh, he's charismatic. Oh, he believes in the gifts. Right. Treat you like you're some kind of freak. They like to take you to, uh, where's the love chapter? Is that in, uh, where's the love chapter? 13. Is it 13? Somebody help me out. First or second Corinthians? First Corinthians 13. First Corinthians 13. Huh? Oh, here's a lie. Though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, don't have love, I'm a sounding brass. And though I have the gift of prophecy, understand all mysteries and all knowledge, do all I have all faith so I can remove mountains, and I don't have love, I'm nothing. 
You know, everybody's still, all my goods to feed the poor, go through my body to be burned, and don't have love, I'm nothing. Love suffereth long, and is kind. Love envieth not. Love vaunteth not itself up, it's not puffed up. Love doesn't believe itself unseemly. Love doesn't seek after its own. It's not easily provoked. Love doesn't think of any evil. Love doesn't rejoice in iniquity, but it rejoices in the truth. Do we love the truth? No. Love beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Love never fails. Love never fails. For whether it be prophecy, they fail. Whether it be tongues, they shall cease. Whether it be knowledge, it shall vanish away. So they took that verse right there, verse 8, and said the gifts are no longer on. Right there. Huh? Yeah, prophecies fail. Tongues cease. Knowledge has vanished away. It's all done. It's all done. Right? And so we have a powerless church. Powerless. Jeff Klein, then Myra. Coach, I just want to remind everybody that we'll just be in agreement at 1030 this morning as Pastor Bill speaks to that judge and that status conference that Jesus will be well represented. You know it will. And Pastor Bill's going to get a chance to plead his story to that judge in D.C. So we just pray. And, you know, I found this out last night. I texted him a few times the last couple of days. I told everybody in the garage Tuesday night, I said, text him. Just send him text. And, said, and I use the example I said, Coach's been doing on the show with texts and cards. And I said, we got to bomb him with some texts. So I told him I'm praying we're even harder this week. And you know what he said back in the text? I didn't even think about it. Yesterday, I think the 13th, that was the two-year anniversary of the death of his grandson. And now he's going before the judge today. I mean, what a bunch of crap on that man's plate right now. You know what I mean? So yeah. just pray for him today. Okay, I'm going to uh, I'm going to give you his number here, folks. Hang on, and I want you to text him. Just text him that you're praying for him. That's all. That's all he needs to know. Let me put it in. He won't care. Seven four zero. I can't read. Zero two. Seven two zero two. Two zero two. Zero three five three. Zero. Well, Jeff can put it in the chat. I am doing that. Yep. Seven four zero two zero two zero three five three. Lord, we just pray for Pastor Bill right now. Lord. Yeah. Lord, we send your warring angels out in front of him, Lord. Even right now. Yes, Lord. Lord, that he'll uh, impact the mind and the heart of the judge. That the. Uh, Beacon of truth will shine in Jesus' name. Yes. Amen. Hallelujah. So all of you could right now, right now, right when you're sitting right now, you could text Pastor Bill. Say we're praying for you. That's all you got to say. Praying for you. Thanks, Jeff. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Be encouragement to him. Myra. Amen. Yes, Coach. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for leading us in all truth and concerning um, Pastor Bill. First Peter 5, 9 to 11, that is First Peter 5, 9 to 11, who resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in the brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who have called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that, ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. 
to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. George, come on in. Thank you, Coach. And yes, we are willing to lay down our life. There's power in his name. I, my sister had fibromyalgia, has fibromyalgia real, real bad. And she was writhing in pain from five in the morning till two in the afternoon. I went over, she couldn't get off the floor. Ah, ah, like this. She'd taken, she'd taken Advil. She'd taken every pill you could take. And I said, Julie, I said, do you mind if I put my hand, lay my hands on you and pray over you? And she let me do it. And I, I, I did. And I, I felt like Jamie said, I don't want to test the Lord thy God. Well, as I did after, as I was doing that, a minute went by, and she looked at me. After however long, 5 a.m. to 2 in the afternoon, she said, it's gone. And mm. I, I'll tell you, you know, never hear this in church, Coach. There's power in his name. There's power in his name. Yep, the problem's not the Lord. The problem's us. That's George. Hey, George. Let's get that damn, that wicked diabetes off you. Healing is a children's bread. Nancy, come on in. Can you get it, Nancy? Lorraine, come in while she's taking it in. But I'm just listening. It's good. Yes. Okay. Your hand was up. That's why I asked you. Lorraine. I, I don't. Gotcha. I want to share a recent testimony as in the last couple minutes. Um, I'm post-abortive and um, and healing just came for me because when the Holy Spirit convicts you and if I'm wrong then maybe Dr. Paul can correct me but um, I I took birth control for a, for a long time when I was younger I'm 61 and um, I just the Lord is so sweet and so kind to me he's like he's you know, the holy spirit's laura birth control is taking small doses of the abortion pill every day so mm. you don't get pregnant wow. and then i and then this is what's so cool about healing you know and deliverance right i asked the lord to forgive me for every single pill that i took and all and protecting and protecting my reproductive system, you know, because that's why there's so much ovarian cancer. And um, it's because of all these small doses It's just making sure that if you, if you do conceive, you know, that the, the pregnancy is terminated. So I just want to thank you because I got delivered and forgiven in the sweetness and the beauty of the Holy Spirit. And hopefully, I don't know if Dr. Paul can clear that up. What do you mean, Dr. Paul can clear it? What do you mean about the abortion pill? I, I mean, not, I mean the um, the uh, uh, what do they call? I birth just said control, birth control, birth control pills. You know, yeah. because they because with um, they have the they have the abortion pill, 
okay? And that's like what these college students are now taking are high doses of methotrexate, which is an anti-cancer drug, which terminates, well, so it's supposed to terminate a pregnancy if you had sex, unplanned sex or whatever, to make sure that you don't get pregnant. And a lot of, a lot of these girls are using this as birth control uh, yep, and what they don't realize what's doing that to their body. I'm just wondering, is that higher doses of what you, a woman will take for regular birth control when we're told so here's, here's oh, that thing. will control okay. your period here's or whatever? I didn't get into, I got, I wanted to get into this. I, I, I'll get into it tomorrow. Maybe I'll get into it tomorrow. Uh, but the enemy is destroying the womb and reproduction through chemicals, folks. It's, that's what I was going. That's where I was going to go today. And that's and I have, I have a phrase when I give my testimony is I say my womb has become a tomb. Yep, it has. And that's Why? what they're trying to do. That's not instead of being a life. Giver. It's not just women. No, it's not. It's not just women. It's not just women. Amen. Craig, come on in. Then Roger. Because maybe you could have Spencer pull up John eighteen, verses three, through. 10. John 18. Um, Coach, I sent you a picture here Monday night of my wife on a horse named yeah. Dove. That's a horse that was bleeding out and cut its corn band, yep. which holds its, basically yes. holds its hoof on, right? Because we were on a mission from the Lord, and I called out prayer, and I asked people to pray, save this horse. My wife rode that horse. In a 9-11 parade in the Boonesboro, Maryland, for the first time. And that was God's faith. He does heal, and he does come, and he saves. And I just want to say that when you look at the name of Jesus of Nazareth in the Bible, in Mark, it talks about the demons, and they call and they say, Now, there was a man in the synagogue with unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What do you have to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? I want to show you what the power of the name of Jesus of Nazareth says in the scriptures. And we we read over it, and we don't, we don't parse it with the power that it is. This is when Jesus is getting ready to be um, handed over. Says verse 3. Jesus, and having received the band of men and officers and the chief of priests and Pharisees, Cometh together with lanterns and torches and weapons. Jesus, therefore, knowing all things that should come upon him, went forth and said to them, Whom do you seek? And they answered him, Jesus of Nazareth. Jesus said unto him, I am he and Judas also, which betrayed him and stood with him. And as soon as he said unto them, I am he, they went backward. Hmm. If you can keep moving forward. When it goes, they went backward. And some versions, New King James Version, it talks about uh that it was a roman um detachment and when you look up what a roman detachment is a roman detachment is six groups of 80 men <laughs> that means 480 men fell backwards hmm. at the name of jesus of nazareth wow. and then they answered uh said to him i'm he and jesus also which betrayed him and as soon as he said to them, they all went backward, fell to the ground. And they asked him again, whom you seek? And they said, Jesus of Nazareth. And Jesus answered him and said, I've told you that I am he, therefore you seek me. Let these go their way, that the same might be fulfilled which he spoke of them. None of what you gave us me, I have lost. There's power in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Boom. 
Amen. Amen. Despite what the church teaches you. Roger, quickly. I'll come in after. Tracy. It's uh, not just abortions. It's not just abortions and taking the pill. But um, I had a hysterectomy at the age of 25, which pretty much prevented me from ever having children because I trusted doctors that I couldn't get rid of endometriosis, and that was my only alternative. I should have had a lot more children. So um, they're doing this in so many ways, so many ways to uh, keep the population down. Amen. <laughs> seed of the serpent, seed of the woman, seed of the serpent. All power has been given unto me, and I delegate it to you. And so quit asking me to do what I've already given you the power to do. Wouldn't that be something that you taught us that in church? God bless you. We'll see you tomorrow.